Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello, my name is Rob McFarlane and I'm the pastor of River Church. The title of my sermon today is The Perfect Christmas Gift. Christmas is a time of giving gifts and today we will look at how this tradition started at the first Christmas. We'll reflect on how we all look for the perfect gift for our family and friends. We'll consider how God showed his love for us by sending Jesus Christ as the perfect gift. So first, gifts at the first Christmas. When we see a nativity scene, we see wise men presenting their gifts to the baby Jesus. The Bible says they worshipped him and honoured him by giving him gifts. Let's read it from Matthew chapter 2, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible. First of all, verse 1 and 2, and then verse 11. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Then verse 11. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We see three gifts mentioned. Jesus was given gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These were given for a reason. Gold was given because of Jesus' royalty as the King of Kings. Frankincense was used for worship and was given in recognition of Jesus' divinity as the Son of God. And myrrh was a perfume used for burial and this was because Jesus came to lay down his life in his sacrificial death on the cross as our Savior. Secondly, let's talk about finding the perfect gift. We all spend time thinking about gifts that we are going to give to our family and friends for Christmas. When looking for a gift, we try and find that perfect gift for the ones that we love. Now, it's been said that a perfect gift must meet three criteria. First, it should reflect the one who gave it. Second, it should show knowledge of the one to whom it's given. And that's specifically knowledge of their needs and desires. Third, it should have value that lasts as long as it's intended. That's of course, that it's not a box of chocolates or biltong or something like that, that people want to eat and enjoy as soon as possible. Finally, let's look at Jesus Christ as the perfect gift. God gave mankind the perfect gift when he sent his son, Jesus Christ. John chapter 3 verse 16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. 
Jesus Christ meets all the criteria of a perfect gift. Jesus Christ reflects the one who gave him, God the Father. God's gift of his Son shows knowledge of our need and our desires. And God's gift of Jesus has eternal value. Corrie ten Boom said of John 3 verse 16, The perfect motive is that God so loved the world. The perfect gift is that he gave his only Son. The only requirement is to believe in him. The reward of faith is that you shall have eternal life. Let's look at each of these three criteria individually and see how Jesus Christ is actually the perfect Christmas gift. Number one, Jesus Christ reflects the one who gave him, God the Father. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 that Jesus is the exact representation of God's nature. And in Colossians chapter 1 verse 15, it says Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In other words, if you see what Jesus is like through the Gospels, you will see what God is like. Jesus himself said that anyone who has seen him has seen the Father. The Father's words were spoken from Jesus' lips. The Father's mercy and compassion were seen in Jesus' actions. The Father's abundant provision was demonstrated through Jesus' generosity. The Father's great power and love were revealed to us through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the perfect gift, the perfect reflection of the one who gave him. I'd like to look at John chapter 14, verse 6 through to verse 11. And as we do, I want you to notice three words. They all start with the letter W. Way, word, and works. Let's read John chapter 14, verse 6 to verse 11. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. We've seen from these verses that Jesus is the way. He didn't say he's one of the ways. He said he is the singular only way that we can have a relationship with God. And then he tells us that he reveals the Father to us. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. 
He said he's representing the Father. His nature, his character, his authority, his love, his faithfulness and his compassion all show us what the Father is like. And then he continues to tell us in verse 10 and verse 11 that he reveals the Father through his words and through his works. It's wonderful when we read the Gospels for us to discover what the Father is like. We discover the Father's love and compassion, his will concerning healing and restoration of the human soul. It's wonderful to see what God is like when we read the Gospels and we see that Jesus reflects God the Father. He is the perfect gift. Number two, God's gift of his Son shows knowledge of our needs and desires. Now we need to understand that Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man. He came as the only one who could pay the price for our sin and to redeem mankind and restore us into a right relationship with God. Let's have a look at Galatians chapter 4 and we're going to read verse 4 to verse 7 from the English Standard Version of the Bible. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, fully God, born of woman, fully human, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, so we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. We see in these verses that Jesus became our substitute. He has restored us into a right relationship with God. We owed a debt we could not pay, and Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. Because of Jesus, you and I can be free. If our greatest need had been information, technology, money, or pleasure, God would have sent us, an educator, a scientist, an economist, or an entertainer. The truth is, our greatest need was redemption, and God sent a Redeemer, Jesus Christ. God knew what we needed, and he sent the perfect gift. Number three, God's gift of Jesus Christ has eternal value. Let's read John chapter 3, verse 16 again. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God's gift of his Son has eternal consequences. Now that word eternal life comes from the Greek word zoe, which means not just life that goes on forever, but life as God intended in some places in the Bible, it's translated as abundant life. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life to the full or abundant life. It also says in John chapter 17, that if we know the Father and the Son, we have eternal life. Jesus is the gift that never expires. He's the gift that goes on forever. He's never out of style or becomes outdated or obsolete. 
Jesus Christ is that perfect gift. And when we receive that gift, we can have peace with God. We can experience his joy and his peace in our lives. And we can live the abundant life, both here and now in this world and in this life and in the life to come. What a wonderful promise. What a wonderful gift. What a wonderful Savior. Thank you, Father, for that perfect gift, the gift of your Son. Now the question has to be asked and answered. How do we receive the gift of Jesus? It's one thing to be given a gift. It's an entirely different thing to receive it. If you bought a gift for a loved one and it just sat under the tree unopened, you would feel that that gift has not been appreciated. And God wants us to respond to his act of love by receiving the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Now there are four steps to receiving Jesus Christ, the perfect gift this Christmas. A, B, C, and D. A stands for accept that you're a sinner and you need a savior. B, believe in Jesus Christ. Like it says in John chapter 3, verse 16, whoever believes in him will receive eternal life. C, confess Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. You don't have to confess all your sins. You simply need to acknowledge that he is the Lord and ask him to be your savior. And D stands for disciple. Become a follower of Jesus because that's what a disciple is. Get a Bible, begin to read it. In particular, read the gospels and find out what the father is like revealed through the words and works of his son, Jesus Christ. Begin to pray and talk to God. He wants to have an ongoing relationship with you. And join a church family where you can grow in your relationship with him. You'd be welcome at River Church. We have in-person meetings regularly on Sundays, and I would encourage you to join us. Perhaps you're not in our area and that would be more difficult. Well, get in touch with us and I'm sure that we can help you find a Bible-believing, life-giving local church in your area. As I close, let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show us what he wants us to do as a result of what we've heard in today's sermon. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the perfect gift of your Son. This Christmas, we want to receive and appreciate the gift of your Son. Thank you that Jesus Christ reflects who you are, your love, your goodness, and your compassion. Thank you that Jesus Christ is our Redeemer, and he meets the deepest needs that we have, that all our needs and desires can be fulfilled in a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And thank you that that wonderful gift never becomes obsolete, outdated, or out of style. That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That you are the I am today. You're not the I was or the I will be. But you want us to experience your peace, your joy, your abundant life today. Perhaps today you need to respond to that great act of love and surrender your life to Jesus Christ.
Remember, A, B, C, and D. Accept that you're a sinner. Lord, we accept that we're a sinner and we need a savior. B, we put our faith in you. We believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. C, we confess you as Lord of our lives. We give you control and we want to follow you. And D, we make a decision as disciples to follow you and grow in our relationship with you. And Lord, I pray for each person who's watching this today. I pray that their homes and their lives would be full of joy, peace, and love this Christmas. We ask for your blessing on them as individuals and as families. In Jesus' precious name, amen. As we close, I would like to speak a blessing over you from Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. The best is yet to come. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.